Man, I, I tell you what, I am excited about this episode. Episode show number 45, season number three of the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Carlos Alvarez, number 45. Played for the Florida Gators way back when, late 60s, early 70s. You know, and he was on that first Florida Gator football team in 1970 when I first became a Florida Gator fan. Later in the 1980s, I got into the media and covered the Florida Gators and uh, Florida Gator football. Tonight, that's right, tonight, the Florida Gators hosting the Utah Utes. Utah is like a two, two and a half point favorite, but a, a sold out swamp. I want to tell you, I'm excited about this episode show. You're getting ready to listen to episode show number 45. It kind of runs the gamut from September the 1st through September the 3rd. We're going to have high school football scores in this episode. Uh, from last night, Friday night, September the 2nd. We'll talk college football, Jaguars, and much, much more. Hey, you, you've come to the right place, the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Thank you for listening. A lot coming up. Keep it right here. Hey, welcome. Welcome into the Teal Shirt Report podcast. It's a new month. September signifies to me the start of school, although, you know, a lot of the grade schools and high schools start, you know, it seems like nowadays mid, late August, what have you. I think all the schools are pretty much back in session now. September also has a good meaning for me, the beginning of football, NFL, college football, the high schools uh, opened up. Uh, last Friday for real, uh, back on August 26th was the first regular season week, I believe, of high school football in North Florida, South Georgia, surrounding areas. Uh, we, we follow high school football on our website at bigjreport.com. And we talk about, you know, high school and other area sports uh, as well. We mainly concentrate on the Jaguars. The 53-man roster is out. I found out yesterday that it looks like the Jags have changed changed kickers again. I thought we were set with James McCord. He kicked a couple of field goals against Atlanta, the fifty-four yarder, and then kind of a um, you know, kind of a, a medium uh, kick after that, and then put one in the end zone as far as a kickoff. But apparently, this kicker from Detroit became available. Um, the Jags got awarded. Uh, this kicker, and I don't know all the details of the new kicker, Riley, uh, I think his name is Riley Patterson. Let me do some checking here. Yeah, uh, kicker James McCourt apparently let go by the Jaguars after kicking a long 54-yard field goal against Atlanta. And now the Jaguars have claimed kicker Riley Patterson off waivers from Detroit. The Jags' sixth kicker. The Jag, listen to this now. The Jaguars' sixth kicker in five weeks. <laughs> Maybe this means general manager Trent Baalke, the guy I saw out jogging, you know, a few months back. And uh, the general manager Trent Baalke and the head coach Doug Peterson. Maybe they're saying, hey, I think we got it right this time, Riley Patterson. But they've tried a lot of kickers. I think Doug Peterson. Um, the new Jaguars head coach, Doug Peterson, was quoted some time ago as saying something to the effect of 
when we won the Super Bowl in Philly, we tried out a lot of kickers and training camp, etc. So maybe this is the winning formula. Again, kicker James McCourt apparently apparently let go by the Jaguars after kicking a long 54-yard field goal against Atlanta. He also kicked kind of a, you know, he kicked a kind of in-between uh, medium-range field goal. So he made two field goals. He was two out of two. Also put a kickoff, you know, pretty deep in the end zone. So he figured this is the guy that is going to get a shot. But not so fast. James McCourt, you know, on the way out almost as fast as he came in. So now you've got uh, Jaguars claim Patterson from the Lions. There's six kicker in five weeks. So you got to think the Lions are probably happy with the kicker they got. And this was not their first choice. But apparently at the moment, this is the Jaguars' first choice. Now, I'm, I'm sure a lot of it will have to do with, uh, you know, practice. And, you know, they'll take a look at uh, Riley Patterson, you know, when practices uh, leading up toward the first game. The first game is not until September the 11th. Here we are, September the 1st. Still about, you know, nine or ten days before the Jaguars' first um, regular season opener against the Washington uh, Commanders, formerly the Washington football team and the Washington Redskins for many, many years. So the Jaguars have come to this conclusion that apparently they're, they're new kickers, their current kicker. How long Riley Patterson remains a Jaguars kicker? Would it be years, days, hours, minutes, a couple of games? We don't know. Time will tell. So that's, you know, some of what we got today on the Teal Shirt Report podcast for you. Got some rain in Jacksonville the last day of August, August 31st. We got about eight-tenths of an inch of rain in the rain gauge in the west side, riverside area of Jacksonville, Florida. About eight-tenths of an inch of rain as I check the rain, uh, the forecast for rain today. Looks like still about a 60% chance of rain. Um, Florida Gators open the season hosting Utah at the Swamp. My dad said that's, he, he always calls it Florida Field, and when I was a kid, it was called Florida Field. And um, Steve Spurrier's got his name on the stadium now. I mean, and that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Florida Field, the Swamp, uh, Steve Spurrier's name on the stadium, that's that's all good stuff. And But Florida is about a two-and-a-half-point underdog against Utah. We're going to talk uh, college football on this edition of the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Talk about the Jaguars, obviously, first and foremost. And uh, keep in mind, keep in mind that, uh, let's take a look here. The kickoff for the Florida-Utah game is 7 o'clock Saturday night. It's going to be on ESPN. That's really the only time I watch ESPN for the most part is, is if it's a game I want to watch. And it'll be the Utah Utes defending Pac-12 champions against the Florida Gators this Saturday night, September the 3rd at 7 o'clock p.m. And a little note I saw this morning is the game is on uh, ESPN. Report card, the Jags cut their roster down to 53 players. How did they do? Did they make any mistakes? Time will tell. Uh, we asked people your thoughts. In uh, the BigJReport.com Facebook uh, group, um, somebody did uh, had a few people chime in. No, uh, 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 Noah uh, Gutierrez chimed in. Treadwell and Sargent. So apparently, you know, uh, there were 
there were other people that were upset about uh, uh, LaShawn uh, Treadwell, the uh, wide receiver for the Jacksonville Jaguars, um, you know, being released. Um, uh, we had a note from Scott Heath. I think McCord earned keeping his shot. We're talking about the kicker again. And apparently McCourt's on the way out the door. Riley Patterson's coming in previously with Detroit. So apparently Detroit got a they, – they feel like they've got a better kicker than uh, than Riley Patterson. So they're going to send him our way. I, I think the Jags were actually awarded him by having maybe, the, I'm, I'm assuming, the first claim. So apparently Riley Patterson is, is fairly well thought of as a kicker. And we'll, we'll explore more about Riley Patterson. But, you know, the thing about exploring Riley Patterson is kind of like exploring James McCourt. Here, here today, gone tomorrow. Let's hope Riley Patterson makes a few uh, through a through a few practices, and and maybe Riley Patterson is the kicker that will kick in the game against the Washington Commanders on September the 11th. So that's some of what's going on on the Teal Shirt Report podcast. We are, of course, uh, brought to you by Anchor.fm, simplest and easiest way to make a podcast. Simplest and easiest way to make a podcast. We've been doing the um, the podcast since mid-January of 2020. I was in, uh, my name is Scott, by the way. I, I was in radio, what we call terrestrial radio, and I spent well over 20 years in radio. I was a sports talker in about three different states, Florida, Georgia, Alabama. I worked the music realm of radio, too. You know, rock, pop, uh, album rock, um, almost uh, country did some country over the years. Not not much country, but a little bit. Uh, talk radio, sports, um, all realms of music. You know, contemporary hit radio, uh, rock hits, album rock. Uh, almost every almost every realm of music. Um, gospel music. I was involved in gospel music some, and uh, and of course. Being in radio, when you're in the radio for like over 20 years, you've seen it all. You've seen most everything, especially when you've done it in about three different states, uh, as I did Florida, Georgia, and Alabama. So I did terrestrial radio for a long time. I, I do listen to terrestrial radio some now, some sports radio I'll listen to occasionally. I'm finding myself not listening to terrestrial or sports radio, if you will, as much as I was. I still check in with it to see, you know, what's up and what some people, you know, have to say. There's some interesting things on sports radio and some things I agree with and a lot of things I don't. So here on the podcast, you know, this is broadcasting in maybe its most unique or rarest form. You know, we put our thoughts and our broadcast in the podcast, if you will, and here we are. This is uh, episode show number 45 of the Teal Shirt Report podcast. What do I think about the first thing that hits me with the number 45 is uh, when I was a little boy, Carlos Alvarez was one of the first players I remember. He played for Florida, the Super Softs. I started follow, uh, following Florida Gator football around 1970. And the first score I ever remember was Florida beating Tennessee in the Gator Bowl game in Jacksonville, Florida 14, Tennessee 13. And I, I remember that score to this day. The score was actually on a little football 
that I guess my dad had bought or or had or somebody had given to the family. And so I, I looked at this football for years. I have no idea where this football is now. It's like a little wool football. And man, if I could find that ball, man, that would be that would be incredible. Maybe I'll still come across it at some point in time through through things and and time and space. And um, but I will tell you that I was not really I was six years old then. I wasn't really following the Florida Gators around '69 or '70, and they won that Gator Bowl game. It might have been a day or two, and we can look all this up, of course. But it might have been a day or two before the decade changed, like. You know, it might have been, I think the Gator Bowl game might have been a day or two before the new year of 1970. And I really didn't understand football at that time. I, I would probably watch it as a little kid. But the next year, in 1970, when Doug Dickey took over at Florida, that's really when I started following Florida Gator football. And have ever since, from 1970 up until we're now through uh, – 2022 and new coach Billy Napier starting up in 2022 for the Florida Gators. Florida playing Utah, the defending Pac-12 champions. Utah is about a two, two and a half point favorite in the game this Saturday, September the 3rd. So we will tell you we're brought to you by Anchor.fm. Simplest and easiest way to make a podcast. Great creation tools, um, enhancements, improvements. There's been many. With Anchor.fm, we've stayed with them. We've been with Anchor since uh, mid-January. So we're on many platforms, but when you listen to the Teal Shirt Report podcast on another platform, somewhere on the platform, it's going to give you an opportunity to click back into the original place where the the podcast emanates, which would be Anchor.fm. Uh, you can also click the support button if you'd like to support the podcast. Uh, you can listen to as many episodes as you want. There are many. This is episode show number 45. Again, I'm going to honor Carlos Alvarez, number 45. A cool thing about Carlos Alvarez is, you know, the Super Softs were three guys. John Reeves sadly passed away, I believe, back in 2017. Tommy Durrance, number 33, passed away. I know Tommy Durrance passed away at least 15, maybe 20 years ago. He passed away in his 50s, and that was sad. Um, Carlos Alvarez is the remaining the only remaining, and he's, uh, I, I think Carlos lives in Tallahassee. He's a lawyer, and uh, and Carlos wore number 45. I, I, I've chatted with Carlos on Facebook, become a friend of his on Facebook. Uh, super guy. Um, I know Buddy Martin thinks a lot of Carlos Alvarez. I listen to Buddy Martin's uh, uh, Facebook uh, live show. We even... Uh, I actually even share Buddy Martin's show in our Facebook group, BigJReport.com Facebook group. So we're going to talk about the Jaguars today. I did want to throw that out there about Carlos Alvarez, number 45. Carlos Alvarez has a great story. His family, when Carlos was a young boy, they immigrated from Cuba to Florida. You know, and that was a long time ago. That was back in the, you know, probably the, the 60s early mid sixties. And then, uh, Carlos ended up going to high school, I believe in South Florida, ended up, uh, committing and signing to play college football at Florida. And he did, it played very, very well, had some knee injuries in college. He was drafted by the Dallas Cowboys. However, due to injuries, his pro career was, was not long lasting. 
Uh, but Carlos has gone on in life and been become very, very successful. And I believe he's uh, officially what a lawyer, I, I believe. And he lives, he's a gator and he lives in Tallahassee. So, you know, that's, that's some courage there, right? So I want to remember and, um, and I want to uh, honor Carlos Alvarez, board number 45 for the Florida Gators. Uh, and he started a year before really I started following Florida Gator football. I think Carlos started in 1969 with John Reeves and Tommy Durrance. I still remember the numbers, John Reeves, seven, Tommy Durrance, number 33, and Carlos Alvarez, number 45, fast, uh, wide receiver, originally from uh, Cuba. Um, his family left uh, Cuba back sometime in the 1960s, as I understand it. So again, number 45, my number 45 today on episode show number 45 of the Teal Shirt Report podcast, Carlos Alvarez. He'll always be number uh, 45 to me. want to thank our sponsors again, Anchor.fm, simplest and easiest way to make a podcast. Great creation tools, enhancements, improvements. Anchor.fm, simplest and easiest way to make a podcast. also want to thank LakeUfallahits.com, great internet radio. They got uh, Rock Saturdays. That's right, Rock Saturdays. At uh, Ufala Hits, that's LakeUfallahits.com. I'll spell it out for you, L-A-K-E. There's two E's in there. L. I'll start over, L-A-K-E-E-U-F-A-U-L-A, Hits, H-I-T-S.com. LakeUfallahits.com. I could just picture somebody saying, man, I, I want to get that spelled out again. Let me back this podcast up. A little different than terrestrial radio, right? So remember, LakeUfallahits.com. That's LakeUfallahits.com. Great internet radio where it's all good. They've got Rock Saturdays, Hits 2000s, Monday through Friday nights. Deep Tracks. That's right, Deep Tracks, album cuts, and unique songs late at night. During the daytime, very, very recognizable hits. During office hours, bankers hours on Monday through Friday. You know, from early in the morning throughout the day, recognizable hits. LakeUfallahits.com. Great internet radio where it's all good. Also, going to talk about Saucerility. Saucerility in Capital. Larry Saucer. Great guy, good friend, sponsor of the BigJReport.com. And, you know, Larry's been with us as a sponsor since the infancy of BigJReport.com. Dot com just a few years ago as we got started and then we you know consequently started this uh, podcast you know almost three years ago back in uh, mid-january of 2020 so again special thank you to saucerility and capital whether it's you want to buy a home sell a home or your uh, real estate needs home residential business commercial real estate remember the name saucerility and capital in north florida uh larry's uh his office is home based in uh, Lake City, Florida, which is about, you know, almost an hour from Jacksonville. But Larry does deals in Jacksonville, um, Gainesville, Lake City, Live Oak, most all areas in between that and even a little bit to the south of his uh, North Florida line. So it's also reality in capital. Good folks with us right here on our uh, right here at BigJReport.com and, of course, the Teal Shirt Report podcast. I want to thank a lot of people have been inquiring about 
sponsoring our show and our podcast at bigjreport.com. That's that's wonderful. Uh, I will say we do some vetting, and uh, we want the business. But I'll tell you what, I'm definitely anybody that you hear us talk about, we we definitely believe in the product, believe in their services. Uh, in most uh, in most every case, we've utilized the products or services or consumed them. Um, you know, like Anchor.fm, simplest and easiest way to make a podcast. I've listened to LakeUvalaHits.com. Heck, LakeUvalaHits.com, sometimes you can hear my voice on there on some of the, you know, some of the, you know, some of the production of uh, the liners, uh, the vocal liners. Uh, I think I'm still on some of those. Uh, JC, JC will let me know. But uh, we, we've done some... Uh, some uh, production work for LakeUvalaHits.com. Great internet radio where it's all good. So we believe in these products we talk about. Salsa, Realty, and Capital. Man, I'll, I'll, go to, I'll go down swinging for Larry Saucer and Salsa, Realty, and Capital. I really will. Great guy. I've known Larry for, for an oodle of years now. That's probably the best way to put it. Man, it's been over at least over 30 years. And if I say any more, I'm, I'm kind of, we're kind of telling on us. Uh, yeah, I've, I've known Larry well over 30 years. Uh, tremendous, tremendous guy. And if we sit down with a calculator, it's probably going to be a little more over 30 years. But Larry's a great friend of mine. Larry Saucer, Saucerility and Capital. If you want to find the link for Saucerility and Capital, you simply go to our website, bigjreport.com, bigjreport.com, and you scroll all the way down to the homepage. You can also find this podcast uh, near the top of the homepage. And then if you scroll down further, you'll find our 24-7 North Florida weather information right there in the middle of our North Florida weather, 24-7 North Florida weather information. You will find the link for Saucer Realty and Capital. Great folks, whether it's home, whether it's you want to sell your home, whether it's uh, on real estate needs, if it's home, residential, business, or commercial real estate, remember, Saucer Realty and Capital right here in the North Florida area. Want to um, say hello and thank Mad Max for everything. I mean, Mad Max is a great guy. He plays requests for me. We get interviewed by Max on his show. I know he's working out some, some technical glitches with his uh, capability to interview people. He loves doing that on his show, and we'll be doing more interviews with Max on his Mad Max Mix show. It's uh, internet radio at its best, really, when you think about it. I mean, it's a live show. Internet radio, the Mad Max Mix. The Mad Max Mix. Weebly.com. You'll find links for Mad Max's show on our website, up on our website in the Neighbors 2 section, uh, the Outside the Box section at BigJReport.com. So we love talking about our sponsors, Mad Max Mix. Uh, Mad Max, uh, and I'm a Florida Gator guy, but Mad Max is a Georgia Bulldog guy. And he's our Georgia Bulldog football insider because our plans are to not only cover Jacksonville Jaguars football, but the SEC and college football, other area sports, North Florida entertainment. That is where we are, and that's what we're doing. And the Mad Max Mix, one of our sponsors, the Mad Max Mix.weebly.com. Um, on Max's show, he does request. A lot of rock classics, um, you know. So I think some album tracks occasionally. Max plays a lot of the hits, the music pop hits, the classic rock hits, 
Atlanta Rhythm Section, Steely Dan, um, Leonard Skinner, uh, Gary Wright, so many, so many others, Joe Jackson. Um, check out Mad Max's show. And, you know, Max will give you the, uh, there's a phone number to text him, request, or even call him. I think he takes text messages mainly um, through his uh, through his phone. So make sure you check out Mad Max and the Mad Max Mix.weebly.com. So those are some of our sponsors here on the Teal Shirt Report podcast, Anchor.fm, Simplest and Easiest Way to Make a Podcast, Saucerility and Capital in North Florida for your real estate needs. Also, LakeUfallahits.com, great internet radio where it's all good. And the Mad Max Mix is an internet radio. It's an internet radio Wednesday night musical request show. That's a, It's a lot to say, right? But the internet radio Wednesday night music request show, Wednesday nights, 6 to 8 o'clock Central Time, 7 to 9 Eastern Time. And, of course, it's listened to in many states, particularly Florida, Georgia, Alabama. I know Max has got some listeners up in Michigan and, you know, a lot of states in between. So check him out, the Mad Max Mix. .weebly.com. We got more of the Teal Shirt Report podcast coming up. Uh, we're talking about, of course, what's interesting. We were talking about some of the cuts that people question, like LaShawn Treadwell, who got cut. Uh, Jaguars hanging on to kind of a fan favorite in Tim Jones, who had really, really a good preseason camp. What's interesting is the Jaguars, I think, have three receivers by the last name of Jones now. Uh, can you imagine that? They've got Marvin Jones Jr., they got Zay Jones, and now they got Tim Jones. I think Tim Jones a little bit lower on the depth chart, but he's made the team. So it's going to be interesting. Uh, we're going to delve into the uh, 53, of course. The 53 is going to keep changing, particularly toward the bottom of the roster, whether it's the kicker or somebody gets hurt and put on IR and somebody else is grabbed or somebody gets cut and somebody else gets added to the roster. Uh, predominantly that bottom part of the roster, you know, like uh, 48 through 53, you're going to see that kind of changing. The Jags are going to be constantly uh, trying to improve the bottom part of the roster because keep in mind, this is a team that lost every preseason game this year, and they're expecting, you know, bigger things in the regular season, obviously. I predicted the Jaguars to go 8-9, and nine, and to go 8-9, and nine, they're going to have to win some close games. Trevor Lawrence is going to have to improve. We're going to talk about that aspect of it coming up as the Teal Shirt Report podcast continues. Thank you for listening in. This is episode show, episode show number 45 of the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Thank you for tuning in. We've told you about our sponsors. We're going to talk more about the Jacksonville Jaguars, North Florida Entertainment, and other area sports as well. Thank you for listening. Hey, you're tuned in to the Teal Shirt Report podcast, episode show number 45, season number three, episode show number 45. The number we identify with the most is probably number 45. Carlos Alvarez played for the Florida Gators in the late 60s and in particular the early 1970s when I started watching uh, college football. Carlos played his first year under uh, Ray Graves. And then when I started really about seven years old, I started uh, following the Gators kind of full-time in 1970 as a fan. Of course, later I joined the media, like in the 1980s. But Carlos Alvarez, number 45, 
He's my number 45 that I most often remember wearing number 45. Talking about that kicker situation with the Jacksonville Jaguars, apparently what I'm hearing is that the Jaguars have had their eye on this guy, Riley Patterson, uh, for a while now. How did Jacksonville, how did Jacksonville Jaguars kicker James McCourt get, get cut? Gone quicker than it took him to get to town almost, I think. Um, it wasn't here long. So, again, uh, kicker James McCourt did uh, kick a couple of field goals, put one uh, kickoff into toward the middle or back of the end zone. So he kind of checked the boxes. They could bring McCourt back, I think, if they had to, unless another team grabs him. So, again, the question is, how did Jacksonville Jaguars kicker James McCourt get cut? Gone quicker than it took for him to get to town, I think. Um. Don't think McCourt missed any field goals. He was two for two against Atlanta, had a long field goal of 54 yards against the Atlanta Falcons in the preseason finale for the Jaguars. The Jaguars have claimed kicker Riley uh, Patterson from the Lions. And the only way to explain it is, uh, is that the GM Trent Baalke and head coach uh, Doug Peterson feel they are upgrading the roster. They, apparently, they've had their, their eye on Riley Patterson for a while as they continue to uh, upgrade the roster, particularly the bottom part of the roster, including, you know, the kicker. I think our punter is pretty safe. Logan Cook, man, probably one of the top ten punters in the NFL, in my opinion. In my opinion, I think Logan Cook's probably one of the – again, he's probably one of the top ten kickers uh, in the NFL, or I should say punters in the NFL, and that's the key thing. He's a punter. Last year, he did have to kick off some when um, the kicker that the Jaguars had last year, um, the guy's name was Matthew. Maybe, well, I guess they kind of they're they're kind of here today, gone tomorrow, right? But uh, the kicker the Jaguars uh, had last year um, made some made a game-winning kick in the London game. However, there were parts of the season where. You know, the new kicker, Matthew, wasn't Matthew Wright was the guy's name. He wasn't getting the ball into the end zone on kickoffs enough. In fact, he was one of the lower guys in the league at at getting his kickoffs into the end zone. So that was probably the main issue uh, with with uh, Matthew Wright. So that's, an, you know, that's an interesting aspect to all of this with, uh, you know, the kicking uh, situation and you know Matthew Wright you look at him now let's see we'll try to pull up some information on the former Jaguars kicker what is his name Matthew Wright I believe um, let's see give me a moment here on the Teal Shirt Report uh, podcast um, you know, the Jaguars have gone through a lot of kickers, man. I think they probably had as many as 9, 10, 11 kickers over the last uh, couple of years, right? So, and Matthew Wright was released, you know, early in the, uh, well, actually in the offseason. Jaguars have gone through a number of kickers since. Matthew Wright is an American football place kicker who is a free agent. Nobody has signed him or gobbled him up or anything like that. 
Uh, he did kick for the U.S. the UCF uh, Central Florida Knights in college. Uh, Matthew Wright grew up in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, so he's not kicking for anybody right now, not even, you know, a semi-pro or arena league team. So I'm sure he's waiting on a call, waiting on a tryout. That's kind of how it works in the NFL. So Matthew Wright is a kicker that made some kicks for the Jaguars, but just on kickoffs was not putting it back in the end zone enough. Um, Tom Phillips from our Facebook group wrote in the Facebook group that his feeling was, and actually he's talking about McCourt now, and uh, this may have been some of the issues with Matthew Wright as well. Tom Phillips wrote in our Facebook group the trajectory of his kick seemed low to me. And that is in regards to James McCord, who just recently got released by the Jaguars in the last couple of days. Um, I wrote back to Tom. I said, well, he's gone now. Time will tell. It will be interesting to see where McCord, James McCord uh, ends up next. But more importantly, how kicker Riley Patterson does with the Jaguars. Apparently, Doug Peterson even the special teams coach, GM Trent Balky, they've had their eye on this guy, Riley uh, Patterson. And when he became available, hey, he fell right to the Jaguars. Uh, Tom Phillips wrote, hey, if Patterson misses three kicks uh, in the first game, next week he said then the first game is coming up September the 11th against Washington. McCourt could be back here if Patterson does badly. Um, not sure if we were uh, more excited he made the kicks or then he went on to talk about the play-by-play guy being excited about all the kicks he was making. Um, <laughs> and when he talked about the play-by-play guy, I said, yeah, he's, he's the same guy that said the quarterback Jake Luton could really spin it. Uh, my thoughts, uh, on why, and, and keep in mind, we got to be fair here. I mean, Everybody's watched Luton now longer than when we heard the line, hey, he can really spin it. Well, yeah, I think I think Jake Luton, who's been released again by the Jaguars, I, I think he could really spin it on some of the throws. My thoughts, some of the throws, yes, he could spin it. A lot of the throws, no, he couldn't spin it. There was one pass he just he couldn't he just couldn't uh, throw in there like a missile. He, he couldn't get that, you know, that 12 to 15 yard pass down, down the seam or on the hash mark, um, you know, about three, four yards up from the sidelines. He, he couldn't zip that one in there. I think Trevor Lawrence can make those throws. That's why he's the starting quarterback. That's why Trevor Lawrence was the number one overall draft pick by the Jacksonville Jaguars in 2021. And I think if you, not all of them would admit to it, but I think if you lined up all 32 GMs in the NFL, they had the number one overall pick. I think they're picking Trevor Lawrence in most cases as well. Scott Heath wrote, I think McCord earned his uh, shot. <laughs> Scott Heath said, this guy better be perfect, talking about Riley Patterson. Uh, Lavi Wellner wrote, uh, if all they were looking for was field goals made, Wright, Matthew Wright would be on the team. Uh, we were dead last in touchback uh, in the touchback ratings last year on kickoffs by a mile, according to Lavi uh, Wellner. Uh, we gave up the worst. Let's see, we we gave up the worst starting field position to other teams by a mile. That was Lavi Wellner's uh, 
comments on our uh, Facebook group in the BigJReport.com Facebook group. I wrote back to Lavi. I said, that's true, Lavi. I, I, I've heard that also. And I think Lavi, you know, for his, uh, you know, certainly uh, for his comments. So we got a lot of comments on the Facebook group. Um, you know, Ray Jenny wrote, and I, I don't see this one. I'm, I'm, I'm on the Facebook page now, the BigJReport.com Facebook group page now, but I remember what Ray Jenny, I saw his comments earlier today. Ray Jenny said, man, this guy from Detroit, we're talking about Riley Patterson. I believe he kicked maybe almost half the season last year. And he was like, I think 13. I think I'm just trying to remember what Ray wrote, Ray Jenny from our Facebook group. And he's on our shout out list too with our podcast. Ray Jenny, hope you're doing well. Ray wrote, and I appreciated Ray writing this. He had looked up the stats and Ray Jenny wrote on, on our Facebook group, said that um, that the kicker, Riley Patterson, with Detroit last year, although he only kicked about maybe half the season or so, he was like 13 out of 14 on field goals. And, and I don't believe he missed – I don't believe he missed any extra points. So he, he had a good season, at least a good half season at Detroit. Again, the coaching staff. Special teams coach, also head coach Doug Peterson, and even GM Trent Balky, certainly all on board with, uh, you know, basically releasing McCourt to sign who they feel may be a better overall kicker, as the Jaguars now have kicker Riley Patterson uh, in the fold now. Listening to the Teal Shirt Report podcast, we got a lot coming up. We're going to go over some of the college football uh, coming up this weekend, Florida Gators. The Florida Gators will be hosting Utah in a sold-out swamp this Saturday evening, September the 3rd, kickoff around 7 o'clock. Going to be going to be exciting, right? Go Gators. Uh, Utah, though, is about a two, two-and-a-half-point favorite in the game. We'll talk more college football. We've got North Florida Entertainment coming up. If you want to check high school scores, go to our website, bigjreport.com. Scroll the homepage. You'll find high school football scores from last Friday night up there as well. You're listening to the Teal Shirt Report podcast. And, hey, we'll be right back with a lot more coming up. Thank you for listening. Hey, here we go. Uh, You're listening to the Teal Shirt Report podcast. This is an ever-continuing podcast. Episode, episode show number 45, season number three. Hey, thank you. Uh, thank you for being with us and thank you for being patient with us. We, we're going to talk about a lot of things, a little bit more about the Jaguars. Uh, going to talk some uh, college football. College football opened up on Thursday. Already got some uh, scores, college football scoreboard from uh, Thursday. I don't think I have all the games, but I, I've got a couple of games here. Thursday, September the 1st of 2022. Uh, the Central Florida Knights, known as UCF, won their opener with uh, Gus Malzahn. Gus Malzahn, uh, the coach, former Auburn coach, uh, took over the reins at Central Florida, I believe, last year. I believe this is his uh, second year uh, as head coach at Central Florida. Central Florida Knights, 56, South Carolina State, 10. I believe South Carolina State is known as the Bulldogs. I'll have to double-check that, but I believe when I was a kid, I remember reading about, man, every school and almost every geographical location, the 
Puget Sound loggers. I remember reading about them. I think they're located way up in the northwest part of the country. I don't know if they still play football, but I thought that was a cool cool nickname, the Puget Sound loggers. I'll have to check around, see if they're still playing college football. Because I, I think that was relatively a, a small school way up in the northwest. But as we take a look at college football getting underway, we're recording this podcast on September the 3rd. The Florida Gators play tonight. They host Utah at what I'm told is going to be a sold-out Florida field, a sold-out swamp. I know Steve Spurrier's got his name on the stadium. I don't know what they officially call the stadium anymore. But when I was a kid, my, my dad, and most people called it Florida field, and then it kind of evolved into the swamp when when Coach Steve Spurrier took over in the 90s after Steve uh, won several SEC titles, including a national title. Um, you know, it got the name the swamp. And then after Coach Spurrier retired, maybe even before he retired, they uh, got his name on the stadium as it as it should be. Um, looking at... Um, Looking at some scores, though, again, we'll mention uh, those scores on September the 1st. College football now well underway. There were some games last week, as you know, Florida State defeated Duquesne. Florida State 47, Duquesne 7 last week. Florida State will play LSU in New Orleans this weekend. But some games on Thursday night. Uh, College football scoreboard from Thursday night, September the 1st of 2022. The Central Florida Knights 56, South Carolina State 10, a final Pitt Panthers, I believe they came from behind to win this game. Pitt Panthers 38, West Virginia Mountaineers 31, a final. As college football is now underway, Florida Gators hosting Utah to sold-out swamp tonight on Saturday night, September the 3rd. I heard the kickoff time uh, Saturday night. Tonight's about 7 o'clock. Good luck to the Gators. They are about a two, two-and-a-half point um, underdog to Utah. With good reason, Utah's got like, I keep hearing, I feel like Larry Munson with the Georgia Bulldogs, man, I, I, I keep hearing, man, they got 14, 15, 16, 17, 18 starters maybe, <laughs> maybe coming back. I'm a Florida Gator fan, but man, I, I still love listening to Larry Munson. So, Larry was unique. Uh, I, I enjoyed listening to Otis Boggs when I was a kid, too, when he was a Florida Gator, you know, announcer. And what's the new Florida Gator? play-by-play announcer's name now that McHubert has retired and stepped down. I believe it's Sean Kelly. I believe that's his name. So he'll make his debut tonight in the Utah game. I believe his name is Sean Kelly. Man, I tell you, if I messed up that name, please correct me. My email is scott at bigjreport.com. That's scott at bigjreport.com. I asked people in the Facebook group, I said, did I miss some scores? Because I only gave like two scores. On Thursday night, Central Florida, UCF 56, South Carolina State 10, Pitt Panthers 38, West Virginia Mountaineers 31, a final. So college football is underway. Um, I asked the, excuse me, I asked the folks in the Facebook group, apparently there were other games that were played Thursday night. And, you know, our Facebook group is really, really good. They always come up with stuff for us and for me. And, I said, hey, if you have any additional scores, please add them below in the comments. And they certainly did. Uh, John Gaylor, our our, uh, good friend on Facebook and friend in general, uh, he had Indiana. Man, this was a close one. And this was actually, heck, this was a Big Ten game. 
Indiana 23, Illinois 20. And uh, John Gaylor wrote Indiana scored with 28 seconds left on a run. Good game, no doubt. Indiana 23, Illinois 20. And John Gaylor added another score, Old Dominion, in a battle up in Virginia. Old Dominion 20, Virginia Tech 17. Final play, a rushing touchdown with one second left on the clock. So some good games, even some low-scoring games, uh, or fairly low-scoring games this day and age. I remember as a kid uh, watching the college football scoreboard on the ABC. What was it, Dave Dials and the uh, – the Prudential College Football Scoreboard, man, they would throw these scores up from way up uh, up in the east, northeast. You know, some six to nothing, three to nothing games, six six ties. Man, that was football, wasn't it? And uh, you know, when Steve Spurrier went to Florida, man, they start throwing it around, didn't they? And uh, we can get into some of the scores. Uh, you check the, you know, check the records. Um, Spurrier threw quite a few points on the board up in Athens. You know, when they were redoing the stadium here in Jacksonville. I won't get completely into that. I know I got Georgia Bulldog listeners, two Florida Gator listeners, Alabama Crimson Tide listeners. We're glad to have all of you here. And I do know one thing. Everybody loves their team, whether you're a Florida Gator fan, a Georgia Bulldog fan, Alabama Crimson Tide fan, or, you know, a Florida State fan, UCF fan, what have you. Everybody, everybody loves their team, no doubt. So I, I did want to talk about, as we kind of we, we, we kind of christened college football, we kind of took a champagne bottle and, and uh, hit the boat with it, and college football is underway. And um, on one of the last couple of episodes, we did our SEC power rankings for the 14 teams. No, no, Oklahoma and, Oklahoma and uh, Texas are not in yet. Now, when do they come aboard? 2025, 2026, 2024, you know, it's still kind of up in the air. I did hear some news the other day that said it looks like the 12-team playoff in college football will be a reality by 2026. So that's the word I was hearing a, a day or two ago as this podcast continues. Sunshine is out this morning on Saturday morning. Makes me think, hey, college football starting. The sun's out. We're in early September. Still going to get up to near 90. Uh, this afternoon, low tonight, probably at the lowest 73. And um, we gave you some college football scores. Also want to talk about if I can pull up some information on the kicker. You know, the Jaguars signed Riley Patterson. Um, he kicked with Detroit. He kicked about, you know, apparently everybody keeps me up to date with stuff. And I, I appreciate that. Uh, John Gaylor. Uh, Ray Jenny, man, I'm going to tell you, Ray Jenny's a great listener to our podcast. He's on our Facebook group, gives us a lot of information. Larry Cole from Apopka, Florida. Hello to Larry. Um, so let me pull up. Let's see. How did, how did the Jacksonville Jaguars kicker James McCourt get cut? Gone quicker than it took for him to, to get to town, I think. Man, he was here and he was in the front door, made a couple of kicks and was gone. He kicked more than, I mean, he made two for two on field goals, a long 54-yarder. I think he put one of the the kickoffs in the end zone towards the middle or back of the end zone, but that wasn't good enough. It may have been honestly good enough if the Jaguars did not happen upon Riley Patterson. It's a guy they've had their eye on uh, for a while, and he became, all of a sudden, he became available. That's kind of what happened. Um, 
Scott Heath wrote on, you know, in the Facebook group, I think McCourt earned his shot. This guy, he, he's talking about the new guy. This guy better be perfect. Well, he was close to perfect. I mean, um, he was about 13 out of 14 on field goals, kicking for about a half a season uh, with Detroit. Tom Phillips wrote, I'm talking about, I guess he was talking about McCourt, James McCourt, that the trajectory of his kicks seemed low to him. However, Riley Patterson was like um, 13 out of 14, according to Ray Jenny. And, and I, you know, that's that stat's been substantiated, no doubt about that. So, so again, you know, uh, so looking at everything, you know, and I, Ray Jenny mentioned the stat. Yeah, here's the stat from Ray Jenny in the comment. Let me, because, you know, earlier in the podcast, I did kind of paraphrase what Ray Jenny said. I might have said 12 out of 13, but it was actually 13 out of 14. And even Terry Knott wrote that, you know, as well on my my personal uh, Facebook, I believe, on a, on a post I had in there about the kicker. So Ray Jenny wrote Patterson, talking about Riley Patterson, the new Jaguars kicker. Riley Patterson made 13 out of 14 kicks for the Lions last year in a half a season. He has pro experience, and the Jaguars are looking for consistency more than anything else. And that is true, Ray. And I think consistency, you know, comes in several areas. You know, it's it's kind of it's kind of funny. You can kind of tear the fabric away from what you want out of a kicker. You want almost every extra point good. When there's a missed extra point, it should be very rare even though they kicked from 15 yards further back than they did back in back in the old days, which wasn't that long ago. They moved the extra point back 15 yards. I know there was one year the Jaguars had Jason Myers. He was kicking extra points. Man, the guy missed six or seven extra points in one year. That was just inexcusable. The funniest thing about Jason Myers was this, and he's still kicking in the league. I forget which team he's with, but he's been in the league for a few years now. Looks like Jason Myers is, believe it or not, headed toward it in the NFL retirement and one of those ironclad NFL retirements. But the funniest thing I ever saw was, you know what I'm, I'm thinking? I can't remember if it was, I, I think Gus Bradley may have still been the coach. It was either Gus Bradley or an early, uh, an early year of Doug Marone. But I remember um, all of a sudden Jason Myers kick, uh, tries to kick the extra point. He misses it. It might've been his fifth or sixth miss of the season. He goes to the sidelines, takes his helmet off, and just throws it into the grass. And I said, oh, my, that guy is mad. Then he goes and kicks off after the missed extra point. He goes and kicks off from where do they kick it from in the NFL? I don't even know the 35, the 30. I have to watch another game. I think it's a 35, right, NFL kickoff. Um, sometimes I forget things, but I remember most things. I have a pretty good, pretty, pretty much an ironclad memory. Um, sometimes though, Hey, I, I believe the kickoff, where's the kickoff from guys, the 30 or the 35. That's an interesting thing. I think it's, uh, is it the 35? Hmm. I'll do some double checking on that. We'll have to double check that pretty quick. Let's, uh, let me, let me, let me look that up right now, but I want to finish the story about, uh, Jason Myers. Where, let me, let me, let me say this. Where does the NFL kick off from 
what yard line? I think it's is it the 35. You know, they it used to be back in the day it was a 40 yard line, and then they moved it back. Um, and then there's questions about it. Should the NFL NFL okay, here we go. NFL kickoffs will take place at the 35 yard line, not the 30. Let's see. Okay. Okay. NF, uh, let's see. Okay. NFL NFL moves kickoffs to 35-yard line. That was at some point in time. NFL kickoffs will take place at the 35-yard line, not the 30, under a modified proposal passed by team owners. Man, is that fairly recent? Let's take a look here. This might be fairly recent. Um, okay, this is something, I mean, this is right off of a rule book. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, let's pull this back up again. Yeah, it looks like, um, yeah, the NFL kickoffs will take place at the 35-yard line, not the 30. Okay, thank you so much. I think that's correct. So I'm, I'm going to assume it's a 35-yard line now. So, what you want from your kicker, and let's get back to the Jason Myers story real quick. But So Jason Myers misses an extra point. It might have been his fifth or sixth miss of the year. He goes to the sidelines. He takes his helmet off and throws it into the ground. I mean, if he had hit a player with his helmet and not the grass, probably would have been suspended and fined like crazy money, even if it was an accident. That's something you really shouldn't do. But the frustration had set in with the guy. When he, when he missed that many extra points. You can't do that. Then he goes to I'm assuming, whatever yard line the kickoff was from, you know, back when he was kicking with the Jaguars, whether it was the third, I'm assuming it was the 35. So he kicks off and he puts it right between the uprights on a kickoff. Can you believe that? He goes from missing an extra point to on the kickoff making what they call, what do they call that thing in the um, – in the arena league, when you put it through the the, the the goal post, you get like a single point. I forget what they call that thing, but um, and I've written stories about the National Arena League. Gosh, I can't remember that. So there's my memory a little bit there. They might, you know, they don't call it a rouge, but they call it something. I'll find that information out, too. We'll talk about that some. So getting back to that, I was just making an example of a former Jaguars kicker, Jason Myers. He's never – he's got a strong leg, but he's never going to go down as one of the great kickers of all time. Mike Hollis will. Josh Scobie will. Maybe even to a degree Josh Lambeau, even though, man, he had a he had a bad exit out the door his last year or two. I will say that about Josh Lambeau. Um this guy, Riley Patterson, he's going to be the new kicker. I, I don't see the Jags, unless he just does terribly in practice, I don't see them moving him out. I think he's the guy. 13 out of 14 on, on field goals last year. Kicking for about half the season with Detroit. Apparently, Detroit's got a kicker they like better than Riley Patterson. So Detroit, and I don't know who Detroit's kicker is, but they must like that guy a degree better than Patterson. And it's quite obvious. The Jaguars like Patterson maybe a degree or two better than they liked McCourt. Simple as that. Um, we'll see how the kickoffs go with Riley Patterson. I'm assuming since he kicked half the season with Detroit last year, 13 out of 14 on his field goals. Um, I'm, I'm assuming he'll be fine on kickoffs. Uh, unless he just stinks it up. I mean, I know the pressure will be on this kicker. 
Riley Patterson's going to have some pressure on him in that Washington game on September the 11th. There's no doubt about that. I think that'll kind of clear up the uh, kicking situation. Uh, Ray Jenny, thank you for participating and giving us that that fine stat on uh, Riley Patterson from last year because I didn't know. I didn't know much about him. I know the Jaguars have been watching him. And I think what it finally comes down to is there's a bigger sample size with Riley Patterson making 13 out of 14 kicks last year with Detroit. Then there is with James McCourt, who actually got cut by the Chargers. He was two for two in a preseason game with the Jaguars with a long 54-yard field goal, but not as big a sample size as you have with Riley Patterson. So the Jaguars, apparently, they have uh, chosen their kicker. He'll be practicing. He'll be kicking in games, and field goal kicking is such a big part of the game. So many games in the NFL are decided by three points, one point, six points. You know, you get a, you get blowouts, especially if you have a bad team sometimes. But in a 17-game season, you're probably only going to see maybe one, two, three, at the most four blowouts. Most of the games are decided in the middle or late part of the fourth quarter in the National Football League. That's that's how the NFL wants it for TV, right? To keep that drama, keep keep you on your edge, keep keep you on the edge of your seat, holding on to that refreshment that they're advertising, right? So that's where we are with the NFL in 2022. The Jaguars kick off against the uh, Washington football team. They're now known as the Washington Commanders. Back in the day when I first started watching the NFL, they were the Washington Redskins for years and years and years. And before I was ever born, back in, I think, way back in the 20s, 30s, or 40s, they were the Boston Redskins. Then they moved to Washington and become the Washington Redskins. They have a deep history. Then uh, things happened. They became the Washington football team. Daniel Snyder, they, they couldn't really, because he really didn't want to change the name to begin with. And then they went on this big tour of, hey, what's the name going to be? And then they, you know, they go to the Ed White High School nickname of the Commanders. And here's where we are. Speaking of, speaking of high school football, man, I hope the Jaguars can beat the Washington Commanders like they're a high school team. I would love that. However, we're going to take a look at high school Football scores, I think Alex Nunnery's got some reports and some interviews for us as the podcast continues on this. Uh, now we're into Saturday morning, September the 3rd. We've given you about a two- or three-day spread of things again. Florida will host Utah tonight in college football. Florida hosting Utah at the Swamp tonight. Florida's, uh, a, let me correct myself, Florida is actually a two- to two-and-a-half-point underdog. Um, Georgia plays Oregon. Um, Georgia plays Oregon. Georgia's, I think, a 17, 17 and a half point favorite that game in Atlanta. LSU and Florida State. I've not looked at that point spread yet. Maybe I should take a look. Let's take a gander at uh, Florida State and LSU. Brian Kelly. You got to think that Brian Kelly may out coach Mike Norvell, but I, I do like Mike Norvell as a coach. Um, and I tried to type in Notre Dame. Brian Kelly does not coach at Notre Dame anymore. So we're going to take a look. I mean, this is really after defeating the, the Kane 47-7 to last week. This, my friends, and, and Florida State's off to a good start. They should have won the Kane game by two or three, four touchdowns, and they did. 
So let's see what happens with Florida State in um, game number two. They got a second game coming up quick, right? Florida State and uh, LSU. This game is actually in New Orleans. And uh, let me see if I can pull up a point spread on this particular game. Here we go. I think I got it. Um, September the 4th. Now, this is a Sunday kickoff. I think originally this game was scheduled for Saturday, but TV gets involved. They basically ESPN and maybe another network or two, but particularly the mothership ESPN, they own college football. The presidents, the school presidents really don't run it. They say, hey, let's call the network. What do they want to do, right? Here's what we got. Here we go. Oh, man, this is interesting. Man, is this right? I'm looking at one of my major sources for picking games. Okay, Florida State is 1-0. This will be LSU's first game. It's going to be played in New Orleans on uh, Wednesday. I'm going to to give you a pick. I'm going to give you guys a free pick this morning, okay? I'm going to do it. How about this now? Florida, I may eat my words. This is a Sunday game, September the 4th. Here we go. LSU Tigers 0-0. Florida State Seminoles 1-0. Um, LSU was actually a three point favorite and I was, I, you know, I was hearing something the other day on a, on a, on a podcast. I think it might've been, um, Shane math, Shane Matthews, uh, pot up show. And it might've been, uh, you know, I don't want to quote everybody, but what I heard on there was that, um, you know, that LSU got a lot of transfers in there, you know, a lot of portal guys, I'm I'm thinking I may, unless I was hearing things, I think I heard something about 16, 17, 18 transfers. And um I uh, I don't think I I don't think I wrote it down or anything. Let's see. I um uh, sometimes I have a tendency to write some stuff down. Let's see. Oh, here we go. Now I I did I you know I thought I had jotted this down. I'm a, I'm a big jotter of things. I like to jot things down. Um, the LSU quarterback is probably going to be Jaden Daniels. Uh, they got a wide receiver named Booty, who is kind of spelled differently, but I think his name is pronounced Booty. So that's who to look out for for LSU. Their quarterback, who will probably start, will be Jaden Daniels in game one. Their wide receiver is a guy named Booty. LSU has 16. Here we go. Count them. LSU has 16 transfers that have come in. And that is... A tremendous amount of transfers. Now, from a source, this is from a source I use for point spreads, and they do pick games, and I'll I'll give you a free one here. And this one's a little bit of a shocker to me, and I'm looking it up. These guys are pretty good. Now, they, they miss sometimes. You know, you're not 100% picking these games. You're probably not even 60 or 70. You, you want to be – you want to – if you're picking against the spread, you want to pick more winners and losers. No doubt about that. Um, here's the interesting thing. And I thought LSU might be favored by more, but they're only favored by three points, okay? LSU is favored by three points over Florida State. Now, from my source, listen to this. Here's here's what my source thinks, and I'm not going to name them. I'm not even going to name them. But I have a reliable source. They're right a good bit of the time, but not all the time, obviously. But my source has Florida State. Florida State will win. Florida State will cover the spread, and the total will go over. 
How about that? How about those apples? Um, and, he, and they even predicted a score. They got uh, they got Florida State winning this game like 32 to 20 by 12 points in New Orleans. Man, will that happen on Sunday? Well, we'll you know, we'll find out soon enough, right? You're listening to the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Man, we cover college football, in particular, in particular the SEC. Um, we cover high school football. Basically, we cover the Jacksonville Jaguars, North Florida Entertainment, other area sports, which would encompass the SEC high school football. We follow the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp, Iceman Hockey, Jacksonville Iceman Hockey. Man, you can get a lot of stuff here on the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Episode show number 45. Hey, we're gonna we're gonna continue along. Uh, got some high school scores coming up. Alex Nunnery, North Florida Entertainment. We'll get some uh, concerts. It's uh, Saturday, September the third. Stay with us. We are the Teal Shirt Report podcast, and you can follow us at BigJReport.com. Uh, we're brought to you by Anchor.fm. Simplest and easiest way to make a podcast. Saucer Realty at Saucer Realty in Capital in North Florida. Uh, LakeUfallahits.com, great internet radio where it's all good. And don't forget about the Mad Max Mix, Wednesday night music, uh, internet radio, Wednesday night music request show from uh, about 6 to 8 Central Time, 7 to 9 Eastern Time, the Mad Max Mix on Wednesday nights, madmaxmix.weebly.com. Better yet, go to bigjreport.com. You'll find the links to the Mad Max Mix in the Neighbors 2 section and also the Outside the Box section. More of the Teal Shirt Report podcast uh, coming up. By, by the way, I didn't mention Alabama. Alabama will host Utah State while another team in Utah travels to Florida tonight. Utah will be at the Swamp uh, tonight. And, uh, man, we just gave you, you know, one of our major sources feel like Florida State can upset LSU, but LSU is like a three-point favorite. So this might be a this might be Florida State's night on Sunday night. The Florida State LSU game in in uh, New Orleans will be on Sunday, September the the fourth. Let me make sure I get those dates right. This Sunday, September the fourth, LSU will play FSU in New Orleans. Again, there's no NFL football this Sunday, so you know the the powers that be they've got a college football game on sunday it's also of course uh, you know the labor day holiday weekend more of the teal shirt report podcast coming up hey thank you guys for listening want to thank our sponsors we got some some new sponsors going to come aboard too you're welcome you know to come aboard as well if you'd like to sponsor what we do at bigjreport.com the teal shirt report podcast click on the support button or email us Email us for more details on being a major sponsor by writing to scott at bigjreport.com. My email address is scott at bigjreport.com. We got more coming up. Stay tuned. Hey, I want to give a shout out to our executive producer, JC, who drinks coffee with uh, Mad Max. I'm just going to call you guys out over there at, uh, near the Alabama-Georgia border. We got a lot of listeners in Bama, Georgia, Florida. Most of our listeners are from Florida, North Florida. But we got listeners throughout the entire state of Florida. 
Got listeners in Georgia, Alabama, state of Virginia, Texas. Man, we're everywhere. We're listened to in as many as 36 states. Uh, comedian Miller Mark listens up in New York. He, man, he's been busy, too. I'll tell you the truth. Um, kickoffs from the 35-yard line. Now, I'm going to watch the Jaguars game with that. I, you know, I sometimes I don't pay attention to the kickoff. I just know they're kicking off from the 35, 30, somewhere in there. The kickoff is from the 35. I, You know, I, I looked it up. So we'll take a look at the first game. I'm going to really look at the kickoff uh, in, in the first game. And let, let's hope the new kicker, Riley Patterson, who I think is going to hang on to the job now. Let's see if he can put it in the end zone more than, um, you know, Matthew Wright did last year for the Jaguars. Where he was kind of down near the bottom on kickoff efficiency as far as being able to get the ball in the end zone and not have the kicks returned. And that's a big stat in the NFL, that's what Coach uh, Doug Peterson was looking at, General Manager uh, Trent Baalke, and also the you know the Jaguars special team coach as well. So that's where we're at. Uh, Teal Shirt Report podcast. Thank you for listening. Let's take a look at what we do. North Florida Entertainment. Um, the latest we've got: Psychic Deli, local North Florida band show at T Dub Speakeasy in Atlantic Beach was uh, postponed back on August the 25th to be rescheduled at a later date, hopefully soon. We appreciate that bit of information from Chris Parker. Um, and Chris Parker's with the band, uh, Psychic Deli. The other guy, man, I forget his name sometimes. TJ, I believe his name is TJ Overman. Man, if I got the wrong, if I got the name wrong, TJ, I'm sorry. I believe his name is T. I can look him up real quick. Let me look him up real quick. Cause I believe TJ is also a friend of mine on Facebook. He's with that, that band psychic deli man and i i still owe those guys an article we're going to do an article about them in big j report because i i had a chance to meet these guys you know and it's always a pleasure when you get a chance to meet a band they're you know they're really involved in music tj overman is the guy he's a friend of mine on facebook he's also in the band psychic deli he he comes up and likes a lot of our posts on on the big j report.com facebook group as this uh, chris parker and so we hope those guys um, are able to perform another show uh, really, really soon. Psychic Deli, local North Florida band show at T-Dub Speakeasy in Atlantic Beach uh, has been postponed. It was postponed on August the 25th of 2022 to be uh, rescheduled at a later date. Also coming this month in September, Collective Soul. A lot of you know who Collective Soul is. And I, you know, I like. there's a lot of bands I like. I, I, I. I've never really been a, a big quote unquote, Hey, I love collective soul. I've never, really, but a lot of people like collective soul. I've heard some of their songs. I like some of their songs. Um, check them out. Collective soul. Good stuff. Also, uh, coming in September, collective soul at the Florida theater here in Jacksonville, Florida on September the 13th of 2022 at seven o'clock PM. I was watching a collective uh, soul song on YouTube, man. It sounded good. So I probably like Collective Soul more than I think I do. I gravitate to, you know, different groups as we all do. Judy Collins of Both Sides Now fame on uh, September the 16th of 2022 at 8 o'clock p.m. at the Florida Theater here in Jacksonville, Florida. Don't forget about the Mad Max Mix Internet Radio Wednesday Night Musical Quest show from 7 o'clock till 9 o'clock Eastern Time. And that's, of course, 6 o'clock till 8 o'clock p.m. Central Time and can be accessed at www.madmaxmix.weebly.com or simply madmaxmix.weebly.com 
or better yet, just go to BigJReport.com, go to the Neighbors 2 page or the Outside the Box section and click on the easy to click on links. That way you don't have to type in anything. You just go to BigJReport.com, you know, put us down as, you know, put us down as that main place you go to because you'll, you'll find these great links for internet radio, uh, your real estate needs with Saucerility and Capital. And of course, LakeUfallHits.com too. But as far as the Mad Max Mix goes, it's madmaxmix.weebly.com. Go to bigjreport.com to the Neighbors 2 section or the Outside the Box section to learn more about the show or just click on the easy to click on link to check out Mad Max's show, the Mad Max Mix, each Wednesday night, 6 to 8 Central Time, 7 to 9 Eastern Time on Wednesday nights. How about this one that was postponed a few times during the pandemic? And I, and I hope it, I hope it, I, I certainly hope that it, that it works out this time. And Ringo is here. I'm sure he's going to do his ever level best to be here. Uh, it's Ringo Starr and his all-star band at 7.30 p.m. on September the 15th. This is at the St. Augustine Amphitheater, just you know, 20, 30 minutes up the road from Jacksonville. Also, Greta Van Fleet uh, coming to Jacksonville, Florida in October, October the 21st of 2022 at 8 o'clock p.m. Tickets on sale now for Greta Van Fleet. Showtime and date on uh, Friday evening, October the 21st at 8 o'clock p.m. at the Star Veterans Memorial Arena. And again, that's Greta Van Fleet. And, you know, I, a friend of mine, and I can't, I, I can't remember this. I guess it, he, the guy was more of an acquaintance, kind of turned me on to Greta Van Fleet. I can't remember. I think the guy's name was Dave, I believe. I know, I've known a lot of Daves in my time. But he turned me on to this group, Greta Van Fleet. He said, check them out. They remind me of Led Zeppelin. I did. I really liked the group. Incredible. They've not, to my knowledge, they really haven't come to our area. I remember they were in Tennessee, I think, a couple of years ago, maybe the closest they had gotten to North Florida. But Greta Van Fleet, the showtime and date will be on Friday, October the 21st of 2022 at 8 o'clock p.m. at the Star Veterans Memorial Arena uh, here in Jacksonville, Florida. Jacksonville, Florida band 38 Special. We'll play at the Florida Theater here in Jacksonville, Florida in October, on October the 21st of 2022 at 8 o'clock p.m. An opening act will play at 8 o'clock p.m. And then 38 Special will take the stage at approximately 9.30 p.m. on that uh, that October the 21st. That'll be Friday night, October the 21st. Is 38 Special will actually take the stage at 9.30 p.m. after an opening act plays at 8 o'clock p.m. This is all on Friday night. October the 21st of 2022 at the Florida Theater. We do check North Florida Entertainment, Jacksonville Jaguars updates and opinions is what we do. We are the Till Shirt Report podcast. Um, I'm going to take a look now at high school football. We got some reports from Alex Nunnery coming up. So we appreciate you tuning in on this uh, Saturday, September the 3rd. Listen to us anytime. We, we do updates on our podcast you know, throughout the week, we're trying to do three new podcasts a week. That can be a challenge at times, but man, we come, this is, we come to you as, as much as we can. Episode show number 45 is what this one is. Let's uh, take a look at some, let's see, some high school football scores. My Ed White Commanders won. That was the most important thing when I checked the high school scores. And then the second most favorite was probably Lehigh. 
um, Riverside, the Riverside Generals, formerly known as Lee High School, they won. Man, they won another close game, too. So let's, uh, at this juncture, pull up some some high school scores. Again, the Ed White Commanders were victorious after losing to Trinity, after losing to Trinity Christian 48-40 to last week. Um, we understand that Ed White, you know, they lost that preseason game to Powerhouse Hawthorne. And then they lost to Trinity. A lot of rain and lightning. They had an, they had like an over an hour rain delay last week for the Trinity Christian at Ed White game. Uh, but let's uh, let's pull up some high. Here we go. We got some high school stats coming up. By the way, a pop get lost. Uh, we got the report from Larry Cole. Larry Cole, the Jimmy Buffett of Facebook, and and he's also known as affectionately known as the governor of Apopka. Uh, Apopka did get, did get beat and, um, we'll give you all, we're going to run down all the scores. Apopka was in a low scoring close game as they are a lot of times. I they have, they usually have a really good defense, uh, with Apopka kicker, James McCord out kicker, Riley Patterson in for the Jaguars just to throw that out one more time. And, uh, let's see if we can pull up the, uh, high school. Here we go. We got the high school scores. I like the I like the pictures uh, we put in. Didn't have any football players, got but I got a picture of the bridge with the Riverside Avenue sign. I got that over there, and of course, uh, BigJReport.com insignia uh, in the Facebook group. High school football scores as we have them now, and we've got more that we're going to add. And when we add them, we will update the website uh, on the homepage. We've been putting scores on the homepage in the North Florida News section on the homepage. Right now, we've got last week's scores up, but that'll be changing. And we'll be updating uh, the homepage. So you're going to get high school football scores uh, just like last year throughout the uh, 2022 high school football season on our website at BigJReport.com. BigJReport.com is also the best place to access the podcast. There's a link. There's always going to be a link to get to the podcast at BigJReport.com. On the homepage, you scroll down. Normally, the very latest episode is is on the website pretty quick after we produce the episode. Checking high school football scores. Here's a few of them for now. We'll try to add some more to these, but here's a few we have. High school football scores for North Florida, South Georgia, South Alabama, and Central Florida. The high school football scoreboard for Friday night, September the 2nd of 2022. My Ed White Commanders at the top of the scoreboard, defeating Sandalwood this week. Ed White Commanders 26, Sandalwood 10, a final. The uh, Riverside Generals, formerly Lee High School, where my dad went to high school. Man, they're living right. They won by one point over Terry Parker. Big win for Riverside. They won last week a close game as well. So the Riverside Generals, formerly Lee High School, seven. Terry Parker, six, a final. Baker County uh, Wildcats, 25. Oakleaf, 20, a final score. Oakleaf is where uh, Jaguars linebacker Shaq Quarterman played his high school ball. Bishop Kenny, 45, is a Bishop Kenny Crusaders defeat of Middleburg. Bishop Kenny, 45, Middleburg, 25, a final. Fleming Island. And, you know, Fleming Island, when I was a kid, I think it was like a neighborhood. Now it's almost like considered a city. Uh, Fleming Island, 51. 
and Fleming Island's over in Clay County. Fleming Island in, in Northeast Florida, of course. Fleming Island 51, Tallahassee Records 20, a final. The Episcopal School of Jacksonville 29, Orange Park 28, a final. Man, a close one in that one. Uh, Bradford uh, shut out Baldwin. Bradford 35, Baldwin nothing. Uh, West Orange did defeat Apopka. We got this score given to us by uh, Larry Cole, affectionately known as the uh, Jimmy Buffett of Facebook and also affectionately known as the governor of Apopka, Florida. But the great thing about Larry Cole, man, he's going to give us the update whether they win or lose. And I love that about anybody that's covering sports or even coaches. They're going to let you know even when they lose, and that's how you build a, a good program. West Orange, 13, the Apopka Blue Daughters, 6, a final. Fletcher Senators, 30, Tallahassee Childs, 28. There's a couple of wins for Jacksonville schools over Tallahassee, right? You had, well, Fleming Island is not really a Jacksonville school. They're a Clay County school right close by, 20 minutes down the road, 20, 30 minutes down the road uh, here in Northeast Florida. So, so another win for Northeast Florida, I should say. Fleming Island, 51, Tallahassee Records, 20, the final. Again, Episcopal School of Jacksonville, 29, Orange Park, 28, a final. Man, that was a close one. Uh, Bradford, 35, Baldwin, nothing, a final. West Orange, 13, the Apopka Blue Darters, six, a final. Got that score from Larry Cole, the governor, affectionately known as the governor of Apopka, Florida. Fletcher Senators, the uh, Jacksonville Neptune Beach School. Fletcher Senators, 30, Tallahassee Childs, 28, a final. Wolfson Wolf. Pack one. Good to see the Wolves and Wolfpack win. I remember used I used to watch them on Thanksgiving when I was a kid. Wolfson would play that traditional game against Inglewood. My dad would take me, and I told my dad before he passed away how much that meant to me when I was a kid. Those Thanksgiving morning games, and then you know after the game we normally went to my 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 uncle Buddy's uh, house for Thanksgiving dinner. A lot of those years, or a few of those years. My Uncle Buddy lives up in, uh, I believe, Gadsden, Alabama now. He's originally from Jacksonville, and he does listen to the podcast from time to time. So, Uncle Buddy, hello to you. But, uh, again, the Wolves and Wolfpack. So, they all, the Wolves and Wolfpack, I, I never went to school at Wolfson. I know some people that did. So, they're always kind of near and dear to my heart because early in my childhood, I had a chance to watch the Wolves and Wolfpack play on Thanksgiving. The Wolves and Wolfpack 28 PS. FAS, and I believe that's the old Paxson school, right? Paxson uh, is now known as PSFAS, I believe. So it's the Wolfson Wolfpack 28, PSFAS 21, a final. Jacksonville Rebalt, the Trojans. Jacksonville Rebalt, Trojans 19, the Atlantic Coast Stingray 7, a final. Andrew Jackson, um, the Andrew Jackson Tigers 21. They are, they are the oldest school in Jacksonville. The Andrew Jackson Tigers 21. Westside Wolverine six a final, Inglewood fourteen Menendez seven. How about that? In the same night, Inglewood and Wilson both winning. Inglewood fourteen Menendez seven a final, St. Augustine forty eight Gibbs twelve a final. I believe that's the game that Alex Nunnery went to. St. Augustine forty eight Gibbs twelve a final, Yuley twenty six Titusville twenty one a final, Bartram Trail thirty eight Daytona Seabreeze twenty seven a final score. Creekside, 62. Nice, 41, a final. Tacoa Creek, a relatively new school. Tacoa Creek, 47. Matanzas, 22, a final. Charlton County, Georgia, where all those Baileys went to school. Champ Bailey, who played at Georgia. 
Charlton County, Georgia, 56, West Nassau, 12, a final. A brand-new school at the beaches, Beachside, 17, Fernandina Beach Pirates, 13, a final on Friday night, September the 2nd of 2022. If I missed any scores, and I have, I know I've missed some scores, and we're going to be adding some additional scores to our website at BigJReport.com on the homepage uh, for high school football. Please, uh, you know, if you see our if you see high school scores in our Facebook group, you're welcome to put comments in the uh, in the comment section below. Uh, if you have additional scores that we don't have, and we we don't like to miss scores, we're primarily covering high school football in North Florida, South Georgia. I mean, throughout North Florida, South Georgia, a uh, pocket of South Southeast Alabama, and some Central Florida scores such as, you know, a Popka and a few other scores that we we sneak in from uh, Central Florida. West Orange, 13, the Apopka Blue Darters, 6 was the final on Friday night, September the 2nd. Speaking of our, our good uh, good friend Alex Nunnery, who is our BigJReport.com sports reporter. He's also a producer of the Teal Shirt Report podcast, along with our executive producer, JC. JC's also a member of the coffee club near the, say it quietly, near the Alabama-Georgia border. Man, we got listeners in Florida, Georgia, Alabama, Texas, Ohio, state of Washington, state of Colorado. I hope we don't lose the folks in Colorado. I mean, we had a lot of people listening in Colorado because of LaVisca Chenault, but now LaVisca Chenault has been traded to Carolina. We wish him well. I think he could still be a star in this league. He's going to team up with Baker Mayfield now, the quarterback of the Carolina Panthers. Going to be interesting. LaVisca Chenault was traded to the Panthers. Um, and, you know, when you're when you're cutting down the 53, that's a way to get your roster down to the 53 by trading a guy and picking up a couple of draft picks. And that's what the Jaguars did. They felt like they had enough receivers. They kept Tim Jones. He was kind of a fan favorite during the preseason. He's got a little bit of speed, too. Tim Jones, probably the fifth or sixth receiver on the depth chart. But he he took advantage of the opportunity. Tim Jones made the team. We're going to check in. Let's do it. Let's check in with Alex Nunry. Alex has got uh, some high school football interviews and reports. I think Alex was at the St. Augustine game. And uh, we'll check in with Alex Nunry, the one, the only Alex Nunry. He's everywhere. I think he's in St. Augustine this time around. Here now is Alex Nunnery, our BigJReport.com sports reporter with some high school football stuff for us. Here's Alex Nunnery. Let's talk about the star players for, for the Bradford Tornadoes. They're Tornadoes. Their athletic director is their very own Mr. Samson Jackson. The Tornadoes. Their star player, Dijon Shanks. Also for the Tornadoes, you have one of the best running backs in the area. The Cincinnati Bearcats commit Manny Covey. And a really good safety, uh, potentially a Florida Gator commit. Amon Covington. And ladies and gentlemen, one of the best wide receivers in the area. Khalil Cummings. For the Impact Lions, their quarterback is number 13, Hans Price. The mighty Tornadoes lead this one at the end of the first quarter, 14 to nothing. The mighty Tornadoes lead, Shulman led by 
Manny Covey, one of the best running backs in the state of Florida. A University of Cincinnati Bearcats commit. He scored the first touchdown for the, the Mighty Tornadoes. Willie Pollard scored the other touchdown for the Bradford Mighty Tornadoes for the Mighty Tornadoes from Bradford High School. They will be at Baker County next week to open up their regular season. So if you are in the McClinney area or the Stark area, go check out the Mighty and I mean really mighty Bradford County Tornadoes football team. Touchdown Tornadoes. Number 16, Jeremiah McKenzie. Into the end zone. It's 21 to nothing. Bradford with 17 seconds left in this football game. Once again, these Jamborees are halves. The Providence Stallions, the Mighty Stallions, will take on the Bradford Tornadoes next game. And then Impact and Providence will play in the game after that. The second Bradford touchdown, I miscorrected myself. I thought that was number 12 that scored that touchdown for the Tornadoes. The second Bradford touchdown scored by their very fantastic quarterback, Six Shanks. The Tornadoes, the Tornadoes, also led by one of the best defensive linemen, Debo. McBride. Also by Torin. Brazil. That's the end of this jamboree. The Tornadoes win it over Impact Christian 21 to nothing. Ladies and gentlemen. To set up that second touchdown by Bradford, Gavin Cook, number three for Bradford, had a big pick, six. For the first, for the next game, touchdown, Tornadoes. Dejon six, Shanks. The quarterback, one of the most versatile quarterbacks in the area. A very, very good runner is Dejan Six Shanks. He scored that one from all the way in Gainesville. It looked like it's eight to nothing. Tornadoes of a Providence Stallion. The Baker County Tornadoes. Ladies and gentlemen, a very much appreciated tornado. Congratulations to the Baker County Classic 
20. 21. 1A basketball state champs for the Baker County Tornadoes. Their first ever state championship in Baker County history for basketball. Tornadoes, a very good powerhouse in weightlifting, ladies and gentlemen. That's Manny Covey, the best running back in the Gainesville area. Number 28 for the Stallion, for the Tornadoes. Probably the second best running back in the 904, or the third best. Of course, I have to be biased, but my favorite running back from all the way, Trinity Christian Academy, the Gator, Treyon Webb. Well, ladies and gentlemen, Manny Covey, a very versatile running back for the Tornado. Spent his first two years at Union County. The same alumni as C.J. Spiller and Gerard Warren, a Union County Tiger. From all the way in Lake Butler, about 15 minutes from Stark. All right, we're, we're, we're here with, with the probably the best quarterback in the one of the best in the 904 and six Shanks. Yes, sir. How did you play tonight in the, both these games? Uh, I feel like I feel like I played uh, not not my best ability really. I feel like I could have did way better. Like my throws, my my reads, all that. I feel like I could have did way better tonight. I'm just I'm just go to practice next week, execute on my uh, mistakes, and, and and focus on next week's game. Yes, sir. Thank you. Yes, sir. I appreciate it. All right. We're, we're here with, with the head coach of Bradford, Coach Jamie Rogers. Coach, welcome back to Jacksonville, by the way. How did you all play tonight? Uh, you know, uh, I thought we played with great effort on um, on defense um, all night long. Uh, you know, played good, solid assignment football, played hard. Um, and then on offense, we were able to uh, we were able to move the ball a lot at times. Uh, just didn't get it in the end zone as much as we wanted to there at the end. Yes, sir. How does it feel like going back to the jungle next week to play the Wildcats? Well, that'll be a lot of fun, won't it? Or I, I spend a lot of time as a player and a coach there. So, uh, yeah, it'll be exciting. There should be a good crowd, so it, uh, it'll be a lot of fun. Yes, sir. Thank you. We're here with one of the best running backs in the area. He had about four touchdowns tonight. How did you play tonight? Man, you know, I came out and did my thing, but next week we play Baker, so we're going to have to come with better – we just got to come better next week. Well, I got to say, we ain't play like we're supposed to this week. Hey, good luck against the Wildcats. Thank you, thank you, man. The athletic director here at White High School in his third season is Matthew Buckner. And ladies and gentlemen, the public address announcer here at White High School, a very good friend of mine, the public address announcer for your Jacksonville Sharks. Josh. Jackson by the public trust announcer tonight is Bashir Saud, former Ed White athletic director Bashir Saud. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another exciting edition of the Teal Shirts Report podcast. 
a part of a big J report dot com production. My name is Alex Nunnery. I am the sports reporter for BigJReport.com. And ladies and gentlemen, it's a beautiful day here in St. Augustine, Florida, the nation's oldest city. For some Florida high school football, week two action. Tonight's matchup features... The visiting 0-1 Gibbs Gladiators. And the home team, the 0-1 St. Augustine Yellow Jackets. This field here at St. Augustine High School, home of the class 2005 Class 3A State Champion St. Augustine Yellow Jackets, is called Foots Bromley Stadium at Joey Wiles Waters. Later field. The Wendell McGraw Athletic Complex, ladies and gentlemen. Here at beautiful St. Augustine High School. Home of the Yellow Jackets. The 2001 and 2007 State Runner-Up Yellow Jackets. Ladies and gentlemen. My good friend and former Jackets great. Brandon James was a part of that 2005 state championship team, along with Caleb Sturgis. The head coach of the Gibbs Gladiators in his third season, Lewis Murphy Jr. He is assisted by Robert Quarterman, James Jones, Emerson Clark, and Julian Riley. The head coach in his sixth season here at beautiful St. Augustine High School. That's Brian Braddock. He's assisted by Brandon James, William Hewlett, Max Mannon, Marcus Merrill, and once again, Brandon James. Let's start with the alumni from Gibbs High School and Most Noble alumni. Maurice Spate and Booth Bonzer. Gibbs High School opened in 1927 in beautiful downtown St. Petersburg, Florida. And ladies and gentlemen, the most noble alumni from here in St. Augustine, Florida. St. Augustine High School. Marcus Merrill. Excuse me, sir. I'm sorry. Brandon James and Kayla Sturgis. Also the noble head coach here at St. Augustine High School. A legend. One of the best. Joey Wilde. The noble player for the Gibbs. Gladiators. Marcus Calvin. Sammy Miller Jr. Davon Walton. And that's it for right now. 
the athletic director at Gibbs High School is Matthew Machado. Doing the quarterback for the Gibbs Gladiators tonight, Caleb Morris. The other noble player for the Gladiators, 6'3", 230, junior, Martavis, Durden. And ladies and gentlemen, the noble players for the Yellow Jackets, the quarterback, he is the sophomore, Lachlan Hewitt, Hewitt. We have one of the best sophomore receivers in the, not only the 904, but in the area, in the state of Florida, Carlos Jenkins Jr. And you also have one of the best running backs in the state of Florida. He's a junior, Bam Lions. The athletic director here at beautiful St. Augustine High School, Quint Harris Cooper. Sammy Miller Jr., the ball carrier. He's one of the best running backs in the Tampa area. Has offers from Marshall, FAU, and FIU. Sammy Miller, the carry, brought down by a swarm of yellow jackets. That noise in the background, the sound of St. Augustine, the yellow jackets marching band. Drake Lusk is the yellow jackets punter. A beautiful punt, ball down at the 26 yard line. That's where the Gladiators will take over. The Gibbs Gladiators. Once again, their head coach is Lewis Murphy Jr. If you are a Gator fan, you know the name Lewis Murphy very well. If you're not, well, I'll tell you. He's probably one of the best receivers. And the last decade to play for the Gators. What's part of that 2006-2008 national championship team for the Florida Gators. Khalil Thomas with a beautiful catch. A first down Gladiators. Gladiators to the near side of the field. There was no hocus pocus, just pure focus by number 21, Ja'Kai Singleton. Ja'Kai Singleton makes the tackle. A first down, brings up second, and about 
paint for the Gladiators. Sammy Miller Jr. on the on the carry. First down and go Gladiators. Out about the nine yard line. Taco by Jakai Singleton. Norris is passing the complete. First down, Yellow Jackets. First down, Yellow Jackets at their own six-yard line. Miles Simmons, first down, Jackets. Second down short for the Yellow Jackets. After the handoff by number six, Bam Lyons, one of the best running backs in the area. State of Florida, I should say. He's a 20 24. Uh, the Gladiators lined up offsides. A first down, Jackets. On the encroachment, first down, yo, Jackets. Bam, Wyatt. First down, Jackets. Bam, Lions, one of the best running backs in the area. That's for a reason, ladies children. When he gets in the open, he's hard to stop. One of the reasons why everyone loves the great Bam Lions. Bam Lions, touchdown, Jackets! Forbes. Forbes. Kick is good. Extra point attempt is good. 545. 545 in this second quarter. Our St. Augustine High School Yellow Jackets 14. Let's give it up for our Yellow Jackets. The St. Augustine Yellow Jackets 14. Put in that work in the west end zone. And Lace Jill. The Gladiators 6. Mikey Colliners. Mikey Colliner recovers the bobbled snap in the end zone. Touchdown, Jackets. Your score with 50 seconds remaining in this first half. It's the St. Augustine Yellow Jackets. 20, and the Gibbs Gladiators, 6. At their best. Again, Sean Harvey is top priority. Meet the end Thank zone, you, sir. That's a touchdown, Jackets. For Big Sean, that's the second touchdown of the game. Ivan Collins into the end zone for the two point conversion. 34 to 6. The Jackets lead it over Gibbs. 6.42 left in this third quarter here at the Beehive of St. Augustine High School. St. Augustine, the Jackets, will play Coffee County next week.
Saturday at 4 p.m. That game will be at Brunswick High School for the Florida-Georgia Classic. Sam A. Miller Jr. fans on Touchdown Gladiators. The Gladiators. St. Petersburg, Florida, and the inner city St. Petersburg. Dylan Cooks passes complete to Andre Andrews. Touchdown, Shepherds. The Yellow Jackets from St. Augustine on top of this football game, 41-12, 4.07 left into the end zone. And this football game. We're here with Coach Braddock of St. Augustine. How did you all play tonight, Coach? Um, you know, I was really happy with, with we just stayed the course. Um, they have some very talented players. Their tailback's a terrific player. Some really good linemen on both sides of the ball. Um, I thought our kids just battled early on. It was a struggle. And then, um, fortunately, you know, our depth was able to wear them down and we were able to pull away. Yes, sir. How do you prepare for a battle test next week with coffee? Uh, boy, I don't know. You know, they're an awfully good football uh, program. Uh, coach Coe is a really good football coach. They're new head coach, and they've got a very good football team. It's going to be a real physical test for us. Um, I know it's going to make us better. We're excited for the challenge. Um, you know, it's a fun event. So we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna come back Monday and work on getting better and be ready to play our best week from Saturday. Thank you. Thank you. All right, we're here with the quarterback, Lachlan. Hewlett for the Jackets. How did you play tonight? Um, I had a I had a pretty good game thanks to my O line and my skilled teammates and the game plan from the coaches. All right. How was it playing with probably arguably one of the best juniors in the country and Bam? Um, it's awesome because Bam every time you give him the ball you got to expect him to make a play and he, he does that every single time. He's going to make a play when it's there for him. All right. Thank you. We here with probably the best running back in the state of Florida. Well, Trayon Webb would have to agree with that, but probably the best junior. How did you play tonight, Bam? Uh, played well online. Executed. Everybody did their job right. You know, we had to shake back from last week. Small stepping stone. Uh, you know, just get prepared for the uh, next week. But I feel like I played good. Could have played a lot better. But, you know, trying to get back in the lab and get ready for some comp next week. Yes, sir. Hey, good luck, man. Yes, sir. All right, we're, we're, we're here with the big man for the Jackets, Sean Harvey. Two touchdown runs, a 70-yard touchdown. Two sacks. And two sacks. Ten tackles. And about 10, maybe 12 tackles. How did you play tonight, Big Sean? I played really well. I mean, I got a lot of stuff to improve. Uh, back, at, back at practice, 9 o'clock in the morning, we got a lot of work to do. A big team this, this upcoming week. Yes, sir. How does it feel like to be back with the Jackets after playing at Pedro last I mean, year? It's a great feeling. I love the fans. I love the coaches. It's, it's something I love. All right. Hey, good luck in this coffee, man. Yes, sir. Thank you. We're here with the Gladiators quarterback, Caleb. How did you play tonight in that fun air raid offense? I felt like I could have done better and helped my team more, but... I feel like it's just, we all have to lock in together. We all have to work after practice more. I guess we have to. We have been, but 
Edge didn't show up today. We just have to lock in and play out next week. Yes, sir. Hey, good luck next week, man. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. Thank you. We're, we're here with probably one of the best running backs in the St. Pete area. A big lucky Miller. <laughs> Sammy Miller. How did you play tonight? I feel like I played good tonight. I, I, I did my job. I got a lot of stuff I got to work on, dude, but I did what I had to do. All right. How is it like playing for probably a legend in that area and Coach Murphy? Uh, can you restate the question? Oh, how, how, how is it playing for a legend and um, Coach Lewis Murphy? It's good. Uh, we, we need him, really, though, if you ask me, because yeah. it made everything run more smoother. Like, you just lose your head coach for some BS. That's that's BS. Yeah. It was for no reason. So, yeah, that's a lot of that. We're going through a lot right now as a team. So, we got to pull it through, though. All right. Hey, good luck, man. Thank you. Alex Nunnery. Mr. Alex Nunry, thank you for those reports, man. Alex was everywhere, man. I, I think we even popped up a report when he was at Ed White High School last week. Trinity Christian Academy defeated Ed White, you know, sadly for my commanders. But it was almost like a win because Ed White stayed with the back-to-back uh, -back state champion Trinity Christian Academy conquers. Trinity Christian Academy uh, 48, the Ed White commanders 40. Last week in the rain and lightning game it was like an over – like over an hour rain delay. So you got to hear Alex at several different locations. Alex appears to have been everywhere the last couple of weeks. We also have a score from uh, just last night, Friday night, September the 2nd. Uh, Trinity keeps winning. The Trinity Christian Academy conquers 34. The Jacksonville Reigns Vikings 14, the final. You want to talk about two programs that have won you know, multiple state championships. You're talking about J uh, Jacksonville Reigns and also Trinity Christian Academy over on the west side of Jacksonville, Florida. Trinity Christian Academy, 34, the Jacksonville Reigns Vikings, 14, the final score. Episcopal School in Jacksonville, 29, Orange Park, 28. Uh, FSU has a high school. FSU High School, 24, Ponte Vedra, 13, the final. Clay, 32, Ridgeview, 24. NFEI 45 stand eight, a final score and a low scoring uh, tilt. Um, Duval Charter. I think I used to see them practice when I used to pass by on the road. Duval Charter 12, St. John's Country Day 2, a final score. I guess St. John's Country Day's defense bowed up and got a safety, or however that safety worked out. Duval Charter 12, St. John's Country Day 2. We did check some, um, of course, Alex was in St. Augustine. We I gave you a lot of scores before Alex's reports and and now giving you a few scores after Alex's reports. I am going to look up some more uh, scores here on the podcast as well. Um, keep in mind that your best place, you know, once you're, you know you finish listening to our podcast or anytime for that matter, go to bigjreport.com and we'll have scores up there. Uh, I think right now we've got last week's scores up, but the, but this week's scores will be up very, very shortly over this weekend. So, again, thank you guys for tuning in. Um, we are going to take a look at some – let's go back to, uh, well, last night, Friday night, September the 2nd, here on episode show number 45 of the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Um, uh, Fletcher beat Childs 30-28. to 28. Big win for Fletcher over Tallahassee Childs. 
Uh, some other scores, Andrew Jackson, 21, Westside, 6, Ed White, 26, Sandalwood, 10. We gave you some of those scores earlier. Uh, we're going to pop into, uh, we're going to pop into Georgia, uh, give you some scores too. Uh, let me pull up some, uh, let's pull up some stuff up in, uh, Georgia, man. There's a lot of high schools we cover, you know, throughout North Florida, South Georgia. Let's check some Georgia scores. We're even going to pull up some Alabama scores in a minute. Uh, let's take a look at, uh, scores from last night, which would have been Friday, September the 2nd, across some of the areas in Georgia that, you know, we're, we're kind of fond of, um, I'm thinking this is Baker. Is this Baker County? Let me take a look at the box score here. Is this Baker County? Hmm. Baker County did win this game. And let's see, the Baker County, oh, this was another Baker County, Baker County up in Georgia, okay. Baker Baker County up in Georgia uh, defeated Crisp Academy. And uh, that's, that's kind of cool. Let me pull that score back up. Baker County 46, Crisp Academy 8. Uh, Brooks County lost to Cook. Cook County 32, Brooks County 28. Let's take a look at some other um, uh, Georgia scores that we do have. Uh, from over near Albany, uh, Doherty County, 33, Stockbridge, 30, a final. Uh, let's see, CFCA, 33, Tift Area Academy, 29, up in Georgia. Fitzgerald, I think they're known as the Purple Hurricanes. I've been up there years ago when I was doing play-by-play for Randolph Clay High School football way back, you know, well over 10 years ago, but I, I did play-by-play for Randolph Clay for like well over 10, what was it, well over 10, 15 years, somewhere in that in that vicinity. Uh, Fitzgerald, 28, Northeast, 27. And what I mean by that is I did make a couple of trips to Fitzgerald because at one time Fitzgerald was actually in Randolph Clay's region. The regions change from year to year or every couple of years, of course. Uh, Fitzgerald, 28, Northeast, 27. Uh, Berrien County, 34, Bacon County, 14, uh, some other scores, uh, Worth County, 56, Upson Lee, 33. These are Georgia scores. Randolph Clay, the team I did play by play for, for years, they got beat by Turner County. Turner County is from not too far from Tipton. They're in a little place called Ashburn, Georgia. It was Turner County and they're actually ranked right now up in Georgia, 10th in the state. Turner County. Turner County, 32, Randolph Clay, 6. Uh, Terrell County from over in Dawson, the Terrell County Green Wave, 38, Greenville, 12. Uh, Macon County, 42, Dooley County, 26. Uh, Tipped County. Man, this is where uh, Zach Brown played a high school ball. He can't be too happy with this one. Uh, Colquitt County, 41, Tipped County, 13. Monroe, 37, Seminole County, nothing. So those are some some uh, Georgia scores that we do have and uh, we'll try to pull we'll try to pull up some more too it's, it's it's a lot of fun taking a look at scores from North Florida um, you know South Georgia uh, surrounding areas uh, we're also going to delve into Alabama there's a lot of Georgia schools near the Alabama border too I mean these are interesting areas and very good I'm going to tell you right now very good high school. Uh, football areas. I mean, there's a, a a piece of the Georgia-Alabama border where it's very competitive. Those teams go across the state and play each other. And uh, let's pull up some some other scores. Um, 
Let's see. Let's pull it up from uh, last night, in fact. Friday night. Friday night. Hope you enjoyed Alex Nunnery's reports. Alex was everywhere. Alex was in, over about a two-week period, Alex was in St. Augustine. He was at Ed White High School. He was at a at a, at a Jamboree or preseason game a couple of weeks back. So you got to hear some really, really good interviews. So I found those interviews and some messages Alex sent us. I said, man, I, I need to hear some of these on the podcast. And we did. So you got really some complete interviews. A lot of these guys are tremendous uh, uh, prospects for the next level in college football when they get to that point. Let's take a look at some uh, scores we got. Uh, Turner County, again, we'll mention Turner County 32, Randolph Clay 6, uh, Heritage 44, Kendrick 6, uh, Northside 34, Hardaway 7. Some teams are from Alabama, some from Georgia. They kind of cross the border a little bit near the Alabama-Georgia border. Um, Pacelli, I always knew him as Pacelli when I lived up in that area, but they're now known, I think, as St. Anne Pacelli 51, Lakeview Academy 14. Uh, where Jim McFather used to coach, man, I used to interview Jim McFather so many times when he was a Randolph Clay assistant coach, Randolph Clay head coach. He became a head coach at uh, Schley County for you know, a handful of years too, I believe. Schley County has really built a good program. I think Jim has now completely retired from coaching, I believe. I'm going to have to message Jim and find out if, if that's official. Uh, man, they battled Early County, man. This is pretty darn good. Schley County battles powerhouse Early County. Early County 19, Schley County 17 in high school football. Those are two Georgia schools. Uh, Harris County 26, Shaw 13, both of those schools from Georgia. Uh, Brookstone 34, First Presbyterian Day 28. Walnut, love the names. Walnut Grove 20, Chattahoochee County 14. Columbus lost to Manchester, Manchester 62, Columbus, Georgia 22. That was Manchester 62, Columbus uh, 22. Uvalda defeated Headland. I didn't even know Headland had a team. I guess they do. I guess they've always had a team. Uvalda, Alabama, the Tigers. Uvalda Tigers. I spent a lot of time up in the Uvalda area. Uvalda 35. Uvalda, Alabama Tigers 35. Headland 20, the final score. And... Um, Man, Barber County got blasted by Laverne. Laverne 75, Barber County nothing. Again, Ufala, you know, did uh, create some pride for folks in Barber County as Ufala won their, their game. Ufala 35, Headland 20. Uh, the final score, quickly uh, trying to find some scores that you might be interested in or I might be interested in. Uh, let's see, uh, Stanhope Elmore, after losing to Ufala last week, Stanhope Elmore gets back on the winning track. Stanhope Elmore, 35, Russell County, 21. Uh, Auburn has a high school, Auburn, 42, Dothan, Alabama, 14. And, oh, yeah, this was one of our favorite, uh, one of our favorite names in high school football last year. Alex Nunnery was not as familiar with the Alabama high schools as I am. Because I spent time up there in, you know, Alabama, uh, eastern, southeastern Alabama, and western Georgia and surrounding areas. But Lochapoca, I think Alex loved that day, but I think we all did. Lochapoca actually won their game. Lochapoca 14 and Verbena, nothing, the final score. That was Lochapoca 14, Verbena, nothing. The final score in that one, again, it was Auburn uh, High School up in Auburn, Alabama, 42, Dothan, 14. Opelika, 
beat Lee County. You know, there's a Lee, there's a Lee County, Georgia, but this is Lee County, Alabama. Opelika 31. Opelika, Alabama 31. Lee uh, 7, the final score. Checking some other scores. Lakeside School. How about the Lakeside School? They lost, though. Crenshaw Christian Academy 43. Lakeside School 12. Again, that was Crenshaw Christian Academy 43, the Lakeside School 12. Lakeside School is actually located in the Ufala, Alabama area as well. And let's see, um, Central defeated Enterprise, Central 27, Enterprise 7. So this vast experience I have of high school football around North Florida, South Georgia, Western, Western Georgia, and even a pocket of South Southeast Alabama. We try to provide you scores in North Florida, South Georgia, and kind of a pocket of Southeast South Alabama and Central Florida as well. Apopka got, sadly, Apopka got uh, beat uh, in their game. We mentioned their score uh, a little bit earlier as well, right here on the podcast. So that's going to give you scores, high school football scores uh, from across North Florida, South Georgia, Western Georgia, Apopka, South, Southeast Alabama, and a little bit from Central Florida. Now, we will continue to update the high school scores. Presently on our website, we've got last week's scores on there because a lot of people like to still go back and say, hey, what happened last week? But we will be changing that over to this week. So to get your high school football scores, get your high school football score fix, you might say, go to our website, our homepage, scroll down, keep scrolling. You'll find the North Florida News, and we've got high school Football scores up there as well. So check it out, uh, bigjreport.com. That is bigjreport.com. That is going to do it for our Teal Shirt Report podcast this time around. Alex Nunnery, thank you for the reports. JC, thank you for all the help, advice. And, and uh, you know, JC gave us a lot of good information on the Alabama Crimson Tide uh, when we were doing our, actually, our bigjreport.com SEC power rankings, which you can hear in the previous episode, episode show, I believe episode show number 44. So check out our previous episodes and you may get a lot out of it. And uh, of course, as football is being played today, college football being played today, it's Sunday. And in the coming days, the bigjreport.com SEC power rankings obviously will be changing. Vanderbilt, when they won that game, at Hawaii, I think it was 63 to 10. Man, they jumped from the last team in our SEC power rankings to the 13th. I got them ahead of Missouri now with that that big win on the islands at Hawaii. They won that game, what, 63 to 10? Probably one of the biggest and um, most successful wins in Vanderbilt history, I would think, except for when they, you know, upset Florida and they've had a few other upsets over the years. So we'll keep an eye on the power rankings. Right now, as most of you know, uh, Bam is one. Georgia is uh, number two. I believe we got Texas A and M three. And but so go back to our previous episode. Check out the uh, SEC power rankings. The BigJReport.com SEC power rankings. We'll be putting them on our website as well, and the Facebook group BigJReport.com Facebook group. Thank you for listening to the Teal Shirt Report podcast. We're brought to you by Anchor.fm, simplest and easiest way to make a podcast. Also by LakeUfallahits.com, great internet radio where it's all good. Saucerility, 
Social Realty and Capital for your real estate needs throughout North Florida, whether it's home, residential, business, or commercial real estate. Social Realty, and you can find the link for Social Realty and Capital on our homepage. Scroll all the way down to our weather information, 24-7 North Florida weather information for North Florida and surrounding areas. And, and within our weather, you'll find the link for Saucer Realty and Capital. Great folks. They do a great job on uh, real estate. If you're looking for a new home, property, looking to buy or sell, it's Saucer Realty and Capital. Mad Max Mix. Weebly.com. Mad Max does an internet radio Wednesday night music request show at madmaxmix.weebly.com. You'll find the links to the Mad Max Mix on our website at bigjreport.com, uh, on our in our neighbors two section, and also on the outside the box section on our website at bigjreport.com. That's going to do it for this uh, 45th episode of the Teal Shirt Report podcast honoring. Carlos Alvarez, number 45, probably my favorite number 45 of all time. Played for the Florida Gators, late 60s, early 70s. I'm actually a friend of Carlos's on uh, Facebook, which is really cool. I messaged with Carlos. Man, one of my favorites of all time as far as Florida Gator football. Number seven, John Reese, probably my favorite guy because he was the first quarterback, maybe my first sports idol. But I'm going to tell you, John Reeves, number seven, Carlos Alvarez, number 45, and Tommy Durant's number 33. Those were the super softs for the Florida Gators back in the late 60s, early 1970s. And, um, the, you know, the sad thing is Tommy Durant's passed away like 15, 20 years ago, a long time ago. John Reeves passed away, I believe, in 2017. Carlos Alvarez, fortunately, is still with us. It's been a pleasure to be friends with him on Facebook. I've messaged with Carlos. And um, there's, you know, there's a there's actually a documentary movie about Carlos Alvarez, too, that was actually broadcast on the SEC network. If I can find that movie, we may share it in the Facebook group. And um, it's a pretty, pretty cool movie. Um, let me let me find the name of that movie. You know, Carlos is originally from Cuba. He came over um, to South Florida when he was probably well, just a young boy. He played high school football in South Florida. And then... Um, He's also been, I believe he's also been Mr. Two Bits, too. Uh, Carlos Alvarez. And um, the documentary, the uh, Carlos Alvarez documentary, let me pull that up because, man, I'm telling you, it's worth watching. It's called The Cuban Comet, the Carlos Alvarez documentary, a winner. Man, I saw that. I watched that documentary a couple of times. Buddy Martin even makes a cameo on the uh the Cuban Comet, Carlos Alvarez documentary, uh, which I know, I believe was broadcast, first broadcast on the SEC network, as I recall. That's going to do it for the Teal Shirt Report podcast. And again, I want to honor Carlos Alvarez number 45 on the 45th episode of the Teal Shirt Report podcast. This is episode show number 45 of season number three of the Teal Shirt Report podcast. I want to thank my producers, uh, JC, our executive producer of the Teal Shirt Report podcast, and also Alex Nunnery, a producer as well, and, and also our BigJReport.com sports reporter. JC is also a freelance writer for us as well. You can read some of JC's stuff at BigJReport.com in the Neighbors 2 section. He had a recent trip to Bonnaroo, which is was a concert up in Tennessee. He wrote about some of the groups that performed at Bonnaroo several weeks ago in the early part 
of the summer. That's going to do it for the Teal Shirt Report podcast this, this time around, episode show number 45. Again, special thank you to all of our sponsors and to our producers, um, Alex Nunnery and JC, our executive producer. Thank you for helping me. Um, Mr. John Naylor, thank you so much, too. John Naylor gives me a lot of good information. And uh, David Martin, who kind of helps us cover semi-pro football. John Gaylor. I always like to call John, John Naylor for some reason. But John Gaylor is the guy. John Gaylor with a G. G-A-Y-L-O-R. Hope you'll forgive me. I, I didn't mean to mess your name up, John. John Gaylor, good friend of mine. We play fantasy football with him. We now have a Teal Shirt Report podcast, uh, Fantasy Football League. It's full, though. It's like a 10-team league. So we'll be keeping you up to date with that. NFL starts September the 11th. The Jacksonville Jaguars play the Washington Commanders. They're now known as the Washington Commanders. That'll be the first regular season game Jaguars playing on uh, September the 11th. That's going to do it this time around for the Teal Shirt Report podcast. You guys have a great day. I'm your host, Scott. I'm out of here. Until next time. And whenever you come back, whether it's a few minutes from now or even a few hours, most likely we'll have a new podcast episode uh, show up for you. Again, this has been episode show number 45, season number three of the Teal Shirt Report podcast. And again, hey, thank you for listening in.